get there. They're humans just like you and I. And, and they haven't even asked him to come there. See, he, he's, his being here wasn't our idea. He came on his own. And these Galileans that we're looking at, they're, they're peasants. They, they, they couldn't read. They didn't know how to pray. They smelled like fish. He felt compassion. And they didn't earn it. They didn't earn that compassion. They didn't go on some pilgrimage. And, and now God's saying, well, I see you're serious about this, you know. So I guess I'll do something about it now. No, no, no. Them. And he looks at them in their pain. He looks at them in their suffering and their life. And it says that he felt compassion. Compassion that came from who he was. They are loved simply because they're there. All they can do is receive it. And in the receiving of it, they have a radical and an eternal life change. You know, it's interesting because what we do is we try to have this life change so that God will love us. We try to do all the right things, you know, try to discipline our lives, try to make sure that we're not doing this and doing that and everything else so that God will like us, so that God will love us. And, and it's amazing what we'll do to try to earn that love, to try to earn that favor and to think to ourselves that because maybe this is happening to me and that's happened that I've done something wrong or I've messed it up and so I'm receiving the punishment or the wrath of God right now upon me because, you know, I've... I've, I've I, God says to you, I love you because you exist. Now, I'm not here to tell you that you might be doing something that's not going to have consequences to it. Hello? I, I, get, I get frustrated with people because, you know, you know if, if I have a problem with what they're doing, they say, well, you, you just, you, you don't accept me for who I am. And I'm like, dude, get your thinking cap on right. You know, if I don't approve, that doesn't mean I don't accept you. I can accept you without approving what you're doing. How many have kids? You know exactly what I'm talking about. But that, that's the truth. And, and so I come back to this because God says, I love you because you exist. And I say, I thank you. Thank you. He felt compassion. And I'll say it again. That is the strongest word in the Greek language for love in action. The original meaning of that word compassion is a little strange. It goes back thousands of years to when, to when in the pagan temples they would sacrifice an animal to their god. And the way that they would do that is they would cut it open and then they would take the intestines, the kidneys, the liver, they'd put it all in their hands and they would hold, up the, uh, up, they would hold it up to their deity as a sacrifice. And that load of stuff in their hands was called the compassions. It would involve, it would evolve eventually to, to mean that the kind of, of love that wrenches your guts. When you feel something rip you inside, really bothers you. Something that was go, taking place the other day, and I, I, I look at my wife and I said, why am I? Why am I so bothered by this? See, that's where it comes from. 
it's a very strong word. And, and the word itself has two ideas, not one, but two. And, and the overruling meaning of the word obviously is love, but it is a love with rage. In other words, compassion is the combination of two words, love and rage. Say that with me, love and rage. Say it again, love and rage. So like watching the Browns play or something, I don't know. Love and, no, it's deeper than that, much stronger than that. It's, it's going to be how the Pittsburgh fans feel tomorrow night. Okay, I'm done. i got to get out of that. I'm just, I'm creating not love, but rage. Okay, but, but I'll say it again. Compassion is the combination of love and rage. Now, Jesus stood before his own creation. Now, remember, John says that without him, there wasn't anything made that was made. And now, here he is, having slipped into his creation, seeing the pain seeing the mental and emotional going on, destruction is really running rampant throughout his creation, his people, he made them. Look at him now. I mean, I, I just feel like that's our story today. Look at us now. Their bodies were distorted in pain. Their spirits were in darkness and death, and their minds were totally confused. And there comes Jesus out of that place of being alone. And what happens is, as he comes out, put it in its proper words, there comes out of Jesus this holy rage. The humans that he made to be his companions have been redeemed to this? No, 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 no. It can't be. And there's a, a groan and there's an anger uh, at Satan. But coupled with that is unconditional love. That God loves and is totally committed, infinitely moved by this. That it cries out from within him, that this shall not be. That's a big word, compassion. Don't ever take it for granted. It's holy rage coupled with God's unconditional love. And the two words combined together is compassion. Look, God came in the first place because of compassion. No other religion in the world says this. Their, their good news is really bad news. I mean, there is no place, no comprehension of a God that so loved us that he has moved outside of himself to take human form and come to us. Every other, every other religion says, you go to him. You'll find him if you're lucky. I mean, I, I'll never forget, Terry, the time that we were at that funeral years ago over at Kent Roosevelt and it was a Jehovah Witness funeral and I'll never forget the feeling I walked out of there with the emptiness out of all the routine and everything that was going on all that was being said and it was like 
the words that were spoken was, perhaps God will remember. And I'm like, perhaps. Good news is really the bad news in that case. Friend, there is no place in those religions, no comprehension of a God that so loves us that he has moved out of himself to take human form and come to us. Every other religion, again, says, you go to him. You'll find, Christianity alone says that he comes to us. And to me, that is amazing love. (laughs) You have parables in the scripture that Jesus talks about. About the shepherd that goes out to find the sheep, you know, 99 are here, the one's lost, he goes out for the lost with the, the ten coins, one's lost, so there's nine coins, and he goes out, she goes, turns the house upside down to find the one coin, and, and you know, the, there's rejoicing and there's party time because they find him. Can, can, can I say something to you along that line? They didn't, you know, she didn't, oh, man, I only had 90 cents, and so now I got a full dollar. Let's party. No, that's not why she partied. That's not why he went out for just the one Because the truth of the matter is, you know, I I have, I used to have a, I should say, I used to have a really nice, expensive pen that I wrote with, right? And, you know, that pen was mine. It was my pen. I loved that pen. Now, don't get me wrong, I have a lot of other pens, too. How many of you know the name Bic? Mm-hmm. They were, back then, they were like 19 cents a piece. You know, so you, 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 you lose the Bic, no big deal. You know, you don't go turn the house upside down. You lose that expensive pen that I had. I searched everywhere for it. Why? Because it belonged to me. It was mine. The shepherd doesn't go looking for the one sheep because... You know, it's a it's a 19 cent bit. No, he goes out looking for that sheep because that sheep belongs to him. She looks for that coin because that coin belongs to her. Friend, how many know love is risky? I, I'll, I'll just I'll just say it again. God God loves us for God so loved the world. Compassion. The world was cracked. By its own condition called sin. But love came and said, I'm going to change that. Remember Jesus standing outside of the tomb of Lazarus. What, you know, we all joke about the shortest verse in the scripture that we have memorized. What does it say that Jesus did there? Jesus, you're amazing. But he not only wept. It wasn't just helpless rage. There was this, I'm going to change this. This is not going to stay the same. Lazarus, come forth. I can only imagine what that would have been like. But that's the gospel. The compassion of God moved because he loves us and changes the situation. He loves you and loves you with a feeling of love, a feeling of love. It's called compassion. 
you right now are the object of the feeling love of God, my friend. He is moved with compassion over every detail of the problem and the hurts that are in your life. He feels it. Love Love seeks to know and to be known. It says that God first loved us in John chapter 4, 1 John 4, to know you and to have you know him. He first loved us to know you and for you to know him. You can't trust somebody you don't know. And the problem with so many believers is they know about him. They know the stories. They know the Bible verses. They they, they know the routines. They know the Christianese, the Christian culture. How about that? They know what they're supposed to do or not do. They know morality. They know this, that, and everything else. And they rebel against it a little bit here. They get exposed to the line of doing the wrong thing or whatever. But but again, they don't know God. Again, they know about God, they know about the rules, they know about the religion, they know about the problems, but they don't know God. And to know that heart of compassion, to know that he feels, you can't know that he feels something unless you know him. God first loved us. I only want to know God because of what it provides, or to make sure I have that personal insurance. Now, understand me. I, I'm not saying you're saved or not saved or this, that, or anything else. I'm talking about your your life. I'm talking about your relationship. I, I wonder how many of your marriages would last with the kind of relationship you have with God if you had that with them. And 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 please understand. You will never know God until you understand that he first wants to know you because this started with him. To know the love of Christ which passes, as the scripture says, all knowledge. It's, it's his idea. He wants to love you. He wants to know you. Not, not just about you, but to know you. To have that kind of relationship that goes beyond all things. Look, love is risky. Amen? Take a look at these portions of Scripture. It says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. Jesus failed in Jerusalem, friend. They, they, they rejected him. He sobbed with sobs that wrapped his body. He took the risk of being rejected. That's a feeling love. The New Testament standard, friend, is not about keeping the law. The New Testament law, very simply, is grieve not the Holy Spirit. Because he loves us. It's a love relationship. You are loved. So what does that mean to you? 
God loves me. It's hard for people to grab this, for, for, to fit into the... I mean, it's, how many know it's easy to believe that God's angry with me, right? You don't even have to study that one. You don't even have to find, you know, you, it's easy to think God's, you know, to believe that God's, you know. We've all had our fears concerning God's anger. To believe that God loves and likes me? Listen, it's a choice to believe the truth. It's a choice to believe the truth. This is not just a good or a nice idea. What I'm sharing with you is the truth of God, that which is revealed in Jesus Christ. It's a choice that you and I make. And as believers, we must mature to making that choice. That, that when I feel that God couldn't love me, right? Man, my life has been messed up. I, I, I just, friend, I, I desperately, I, I, that's when I feel, that's when I know I deliberately have to choose to say, I know that God so loved the world and me. To know that you love me. I choose this. When, when, when you're face down in the mud and you've blown it, you failed, we need to say to ourselves, I still know you love me. Because, friend, that's your pathway back to know he loves you. He hasn't given up on you. He's not stopped loving you. He's not held back on you. And know this. You are loved simply because you're here. No, no. He looks upon you with compassion. And, and that's not just history. God is here by the Holy Spirit and looks upon us with compassion. There's not a pain in this house. There's not a sorrow in your heart. There's not a sickness in your body. There is not a hurt in your life. But that God feels it. I believe that he feels it more than you do at times. Because he knows what he made you for. And sees, he sees what a fallen world has done to you. And, and he sees what Satan has done in your life. He knows what his plan is for you, with you, to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. He looks at you and, 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 and there's that of compassion. It's a holy rage that says, I didn't plan for you coupled with the infinite love that he has that would embrace you if you let him instead of trying to buy that love with a bunch of promises and deals or doing all the right things or trying to come up with the right words to pray the right... Just say yes to believe him. 
from the big stuff to the little stuff. Remember when Jesus was at the wedding, remember the young kids came there with his disciples and his mom was there and the superstition was that if you ran out of wine that your marriage was cursed. Notice that not what Jesus did, but what he didn't do. He doesn't lecture them on what a super super silly superstition it is. All he does is he, he takes 180 gallons of water and turns them into wine. And I love the way he did it. He did it sneaky. He just says, fill it with water and take it to the master. Doesn't want to embarrass the couple. That's No. I mean, and don't get all spiritual on me here. It was just a couple of kids that ran out of wine, and Jesus gives them 180 gallons, and that's the truth. It's all just saying, he knows your embarrassments. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? Not, not, they weren't starving to death. They were just hungry. Disciples had the right idea. And Jesus did that, 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 that huge miracle just because they were hungry. Remember how, he, how it started? He felt compassion for them. You don't have to be starving for God to move in your life. He's concerned about your normal everyday life. When you pray, you don't have to come up with reasons why he should answer you. Hello? Look, if you've caught what I've been saying here this morning, faith is my response to this unbelievable God. He loves me. And I don't have to be really, really, really good for him to see me. I only have to see how much he loves me. And I say amen. You know, I, I could come up to him because, you know, boldly because I, I know who he is and I know that he loves me. And, and let, let me turn that around for a second. Because the truth is, what gives you worth? God loves me because I exist. When somebody is showing their love on me, right? When somebody's showing their love on you, you feel significant. You feel important. You might not accept it gracefully or anything like that, but when somebody starts showing their love on you, all of a sudden you feel this worth. Hello? You know, when, when a husband looks at his wife and says, honey, you look great. She says, worth? No, she says, I know what you're doing out here. But for a lot of people, their compliments are foreign language. What I'm saying is, when somebody is showing their love on you, you feel the worth. God loves me because I exist. You are loved by God. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given us.
When was the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to give you boldness? To wrap his arms around you and just love you? It's not a guy or a gal thing. It's a God thing. Sometimes, you know, you just... How many have ever had an x-ray, right? And you're in the room there and the technicians either disappear behind a wall or put on this big weighted leaded vest or something. You know, it's like they know that there's more in that room than meets the eye. There's something else going on. I don't know what you've walked through or been through. This, this last year has been, but I want you to know that as we approach this year, there's a compassion. There's a compassion and there's a love. An unconditional love and that's a free will to your heart to say no. God wants you to know him. God also wants permission to know you. Oh, I know, he knows the hairs on your head or the lack thereof. But he knows those things about you. But you know what? Sometimes what we share can cause our heart to soften. And what we share isn't really our heart. It's what we want to have happen. What we want to be made right. What we want fixed. Isn't that interesting? Because the truth of that is that if his spirit is joined to your spirit, he feels that as well. And I know that might sound like a therapy session, okay, to, to say those things, but, but, but here's the thing. If we truly know him, we know he's feeling what we're feeling. He's experiencing what we're experiencing. He's going through what we're going through. But that verse of scripture Go ahead and lead me back to that one more time in Romans. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. I like the old King James. It says, shed abroad. Shed abroad. You know what shed abroad is? Take a look at Niagara Falls. There's huge, billowing cataracts of water pounding down below, mists everywhere, the sheer force of it. That, that's what that word poured out literally means. The love of God has been in Niagara Falls in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us. I feel like Paul sometimes tell myself, Beck, quit living from your head and be led by your spirit, his spirit, who's joined to your spirit. Receive. 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 God has compassion for us and towards us. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Lord, I thank you this morning. 
thank you for that kind of revelation, that kind of understanding. The Holy Spirit, Spirit brings us, taps us on the shoulder and allows us to know there's more to this than what meets the eye. That here in this place this morning, you're speaking to our partners inside. Feels like something has gripped us. Holy Spirit, so much has tried to keep us away from you, tied up from you, to focus on all the problems and scenarios and situations. But the truth of the matter is that right now, we need you more than we've ever needed you. And that simply means we need to know you more than we've ever known you. And we need you to show us your heart, to reveal yourself to us as you come to us, as you speak to us, as you heal us, as you share with us, as you move in our lives, as you open up our eyes of understanding and fill us with the knowledge of your will. Holy Spirit, in this place this morning, may we as believers recognize that there is a commitment from you to us, something we don't earn, but we say thank you for. Perhaps you're in this place this morning, and the truth is, you don't know that kind of relationship with God. You know about God, but you don't know God. And this morning, there's something that's pulling on your heart, something that's gripped you. It's called the compassion of God. Because you know that your life is not the way he's purposed it to be. And that it's not about, about a lot of things you should be doing but receiving what he's already done. That's a choice that you must make. So if you're in this place this morning, and from your heart, you're saying yes to that love, yes to that grace, yes to his love. Would you just right now where you sit, would you just slip up that hand and say, Pastor Brent, that's me this morning. I need that love. I'm so thirsty. If that's you, right where you are sitting. Right where you're at. Take a moment. Make that choice. Ask him. For believers here in this place this morning, I beseech you this morning. We want all these things from God. We have all these expectations of what a loving God should be. But we don't even know Him. We know more about the news than we do of Him. Friend, this morning God is crying out. He's crying out of compassion. Seek me and you will find me. Seek me and you will Holy Spirit, I just pray this morning for believers here in this place through all these trials and scenarios know what it means for your blessing, your hand to prevail. To have eyes of your heart. Think to know your love and your rage. 
Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Couldn't help but think of this song. Couldn't help but what the words, think about what the words say. Sing it along with me. We prayed for blessing. We prayed for peace. Comfort for family. Protection while we sleep. We prayed for healing. For prosperity. We prayed for your Love is way too much to give us lesser things. Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if Blessings come through raindrops. What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights away? 
truth is, you know, God didn't do what you would hope that you would expected him to have done. It's like void and emptiness and it just, where was God? Right there with you. And if you for one moment think that God didn't feel what you were feeling, then you don't know God. He hurts with you. He walks with you. In the middle of it all, he becomes that way maker we spoke of earlier. Oh, we want to think of all the positive things that we would think should happen, right? That this should happen, that they should be healed, and money cometh, and all these other fine and wonderful things. Well, you know what? They do happen. Truth is, the majority of the time, it's about God walking through this with you. When you're grieving, when you're hurting, when you're betrayed, He knows what that feels like. And He feels it in you and with you. I don't know why I'm doing this this morning, but I'm just saying, there's some people in here that need an emotional healing. You have been wrapped up in those that, 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 that stuff tighter than a drum. Truth is, you're wrapped up like an Egyptian mummy that's ready for burial in the tomb. And I'm here to tell you, God wants you to experience His healing compassion. That's not that's not what He made you, created you to contain. No sirree, Bobby do. He did not create you to hold that stuff in. He created you for something much more. And to know his compassion is to release that compassion. There's a healing that he wants to bring to you this morning. There's a freedom he wants you to experience this morning. There's a presence He's wanting you to experience this morning. But you know what? As I said earlier, it's a choice. It's a choice. So as they sing this song concerning the Holy Spirit, I wanted to invite you this morning to find a place of prayer around these doors. I'm not going to end it in any particular fashion or form. I just want to open these altars up as a way to begin a year that couldn't have otherwise really begun unless it be done through the compassion by the compassion of our God. Let's find that place of prayer. Let's find that place this morning. Stand and see 
of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let this year be a year of power and demonstration of the glory of God in their walk, in their talk, in their life, in their home. This I pray over them and for them. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen and amen. God bless you.